Wake up. Wake up. Get up. Yo, how y'all doing? I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're ready to get out there and get shit done. Yeah. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite podcast. Those by the hill, the other podcast. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Mine was dope. So, we did a 24 hour challenge over the weekend. I was watching this game show on Netflix called Awake. And on Awake, they basically have the contestants stay up for 24 hours counting quarters. Then, after that, they get a, uh, the, uh, the contestants take a guess as to how much they counted in those 24 hours. And that's part of what they use throughout the game to kind of eliminate people and determine how much money they'll win. And then they have them perform different tasks, like trying to crush an egg that is attached to their face the quickest, you know, to test reaction time and things like that. So I was watching that, and it led me and my daughter came up to it with the idea of let's do a 24-hour challenge. Our 24-hour challenge was basically going to be to see who in the house could stay up for 24 hours. Now, the prize on the line was um, $15. Three of us participated, $5 a piece. Whoever stays up wins the 15 bucks. I know y'all like, DeVille, 15 bucks is nothing. Yeah, but it's just another one of those things I'm doing to, you know, try to add a little excitement to the time where we're visiting with each other. And since my daughter stays up pretty much all night anyway, I thought it would be a cool way to kind of just get everybody to, you know, congregate together as we try to stay up all night playing video games or whatever, whatever. So, ending results. My daughter ends up, she, she wins. She stays up for a little bit over 24 hours. But, see, this is the thing. Her uh, anxiety, you know, yes, I guess she in, in, inherited the anxiety from her father. She couldn't sleep the night before. So, by the time we started the 24-hour challenge, she was already going on, I think, like 12 hours of being awake. So, we counted it because we know she legit stayed up that whole time. So, for her, we ended her 24 hours at uh, 6 o'clock that evening. And our 24 hours ran from 11.45 a.m. Saturday to 11.45 a.m. Sunday. But every hour over 24 that she stayed awake included into that 24-hour challenge. So the only way to win was not only to stay awake for 24 hours, but to best the extra amount of time that she stayed awake. So we went out. We didn't sit around the house. We went out. We hit up Goodwill. She found a couple pieces for a cosplay costume she's putting together. Party City, got a wig. We went to... GameStop, Moe's, stopped at this beauty supply store. Big, huge building with this big, we're open now sign. And we walk in and the place is like empty. My daughter looks over at me and she's like, this place is kind of sketchy. I mean, it was the type of empty to where you it was an echo. And uh, they started whispering because it just seemed like a place that you whisper in because anything that you said would just echo throughout the whole building. So that was how we spent Majority of our day bouncing from those places, and then 
Um, as we were heading home, her 24 hours was up. So she conked out. She was like, I'm done. I made 24 hours going to sleep. So she goes to sleep. Then um, my girl, she taps out at around 1 a.m. And I made it till probably 3.30, 4 o'clock before I woke up and my daughter was standing there smiling at me, talking about I won. <laughs> and then the first thing that she says in the morning was, once everybody's up, and she confirms that she is the winner and brags about it. She asks when does she get to, to collect her money? Because, well, $15 might not be a lot of money to you. To an 11-year-old, $15 is like a stack. You know, she's she's already had some money. <laughs> and, uh, you know, adding that with that $15 is to make her feel like a boss out here. But, yeah, that's pretty much how I, I spent my weekend. Didn't make it out to the carnival. But, you know. It is what it is. Nobody was really heartbroken about that. Is, but uh, I did see something interesting. So, apparently, out in California, they have passed a bill or amendment or whatever it's called to allow college uh, athletes to get paid for their likenesses and their names. Now, if y'all haven't been paying attention, which who, who if you, unless you just don't like sports. It's been like a big deal, a big controversy out here about whether or not uh, students should be paid um, for their likenesses and uh, their names, which, of course, the NCAA doesn't want to pay for that, doesn't want them to be paid for that. You know why? Because that would take money out of their pockets. You know, that's what they used to be an NCAA football game and a NCAA basketball game that both went away. Once students started making real a big deal about, you know, you're using my likeness on these games, but I'm not making any money. So it went from at one point, uh, I believe they had the, the names of the uh, the guys, and then it went away. Well, on the jerseys, there were no names. And then it went away from that to they just have the, the, the players' numbers. It was weird. There's a whole bunch of controversy. That was a fire game. And NCAA is like a multi-billion dollar a year industry. And if you look at it, the majority of the, the income that they make from sports comes from basketball and football. They use basketball. So, the, wait, let's back up a little bit. So, one of the reasons why that they say that they can't uh, get paid, you know, of course, it violates their amateur status and they cannot be considered amateur athletes if they're getting paid or whatever. But one of the bigger reasons is if you think about this, <clears throat> these different schools will claim that they're not making any bread. They're not getting any money. But then if you really look in it a little deeper, they'll be use, they'll use the football program and the basketball program to fund the fencing team, to fund the polo team, to fund the volleyball team. So then they'll use this, these monies that they're bringing in to renovate stadiums to make sure that they, um, you know, they have the contracts with their Nikes and Adidas or whatever, and they're purchasing new uniforms yearly, um, all that type of stuff. But they'll claim they're not making any money. And that's just a common practice that businesses use. I've noticed this in my career. You know, a business will say, I'm, we're not making any money, any money, but
but then if you really look at the spending habits, they're making money and they're pouring all that money. They're reinvesting that money back into their business. But then they'll claim, they'll look at the bottom line and say, well, you know, we didn't make anything this year. But you got a new stadium, you got new uniforms, you got new merchandise on the shelves. You got uh, your coach has an outrageous uh, salary. You know, your all the staffing for the programs and the call coordinators and everybody have these outrageous salaries. But no, we didn't make any money on that, in, uh, off of this. Even that, though. <clears throat> He goes even a step further because there's this guy called Destroy uh, on YouTube. I don't know his real name, but Destroy, he played for, I think, University of Central Florida. He's a specialist kicker, punter, and he actually lost his scholarship because he started doing YouTube videos. And, um, uh, you know, if you just search, put in your search Destroy or kickers be like or receivers be like, he had these whatever positions be like videos and they gained him momentum and he started making money off of these videos so they took exception to that and gave him the ultimatum he would either have to stop demonetize his channel or he would have to uh you know lose his scholarship and he fought and he fought and he fought and he even he got to the point where he was saying how you know he wouldn't mention the school he wouldn't wear any of the school's merch in the, in the videos, and all did all, everything he could on his end outside of stopping to, you know, try to rectify the situation with him, and he still ended up losing his scholarship. But now he's actually playing football in the Canadian Football League as a specialist slash punter. So, yeah, he goes that deep to where not only are we not going to allow you to get paid, we're not going to pay you, but we're not going to allow you for you to find ways yourself to profit off of yourself while you're playing this sport, which is crazy. And the NCAA where I, is proposing to do a like a ban on the these California colleges or any colleges for that matter that uh, decide to allow their students to be paid for whatever, you know, to be able to use their likenesses and their names to get a financial gain, to ban those schools from being able to play for national championships. So it, it's, it's going to get to a point, it seems like, where as an athlete coming out of uh, high school, you know, 17, 18 years old, you're going to have to make that decision of whether you're going to go to a school where – you'll get the chance to compete compete for a national championship, which really pays you nothing, <laughs> or to go to a school where you're able to use your name and your likeness to put some money in your pocket immediately. And as we know, um, a lot of these kids aren't coming from the best uh, home lives, the best financial situations at home, and they need really immediate help to help their families, and that's why they train so hard and work so hard to try to make it to that next level, to the NFL, the NBA, whatever, MLB, so that they'll be able to help their families. So now you're going to tell me I can either be a champion or I can make some money, and that's a hell of a decision to have to make being at that young age and, you know, deciding between finances, which will help me immediately, or winning a national championship, which really does nothing except 
raise your quote-unquote value uh, going into the draft if you make it because a large percentage of these kids will never pay, play football uh, past college. You see what I'm saying? And so, I don't know. Tell DeVille D.I. what you think about this, man. I, I ran a poll on it. I'll give the results for the poll tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to keep the show rolling. But first, we're going to take a small little break. Future, this is 2019. Our equipment is very limited here, especially with the shoestring budget. Yeah, but I press play. Oh my god, and I thought you were the smart one. You're supposed to push record, you idiot. You're listening to Yeah About That, the funniest podcast on the planet with your host, Q Audio and Paco. Ready, set, go. Time for the show. Joe Wadio and my bro Paco. About to bring that laugh attack. Yeah, about that. Make you laugh out loud, cause this is where it's at. This the best podcast that you'll ever hear. It's nice and comforting just for your ears. We got gimmicks and skits with limitless wits. Making other podcasters just quit. Yeah, what's up, everybody? It's the man that caught Paco. Posted up in the cut like a band aid. Yo, what up? It's your boy Joe Wadio right here representing for Yeah, About That, the podcast. So let's get into a podcast-related topic. Has anybody heard of JiffCast? I, over the weekend, was contacted through email from someone claiming to be a representative of JiffCast. And they were seeing how they're launching this new platform and asked me if I would like early access. So, of course, I'm down for the whole early access vibe. <clears throat> so they gave, sent me a link. They're like, go ahead, sign up. So, of course, immediately, I Googled it, Googled Jeff Cass, and I didn't find anything. Searched them up on social media, found one social media account that was created this month, zero followers, zero people that they're following. Okay. So, I clicked the link. Go, you know, says start up now, whatever. I put in my email, I create a password, because I figured what's the harm in doing that because they already have my email. So I put in the email, create the password, and immediately after that they asked me to uh, put in my RSS feed. So I was like, what? Then I noticed there was a second option to sign up as a listener. So, or I want, I only want to listen or something like that it said. So I'm like, boom, I'm gonna check out this from this side you know, kind of get a feel for it, see who else has uh, their show on there, that type of stuff, and then I'll make my determination on what I'm going to go ahead and send out my RSS feed. So, take a look, log in, boom, blank screen. That's it, nothing on the screen, no type of access to see who's on here. So, I contact them again, and I say, hey, um, when I, I signed up, when I log in, I just go to a blank screen. So the response was, did you add your podcast? And I was like, no, I signed up as a listener so I could check it out. And their response was, well, right now, the only <laughs> only podcaster had, only podcasts have access to the uh, 
to the thing. So please add your RRFS feed. And I was thinking to myself, nah, not quite yet. So I reached out to a couple people that I am confident with their opinions on different things and to see if they had ever heard of it. Some people that I know that are pretty well active in the podcasting community and nobody else had ever heard of this play, play, this company and nobody else had been contacted with it. So I'm like, I, I don't know what y'all think about that, listeners. It's just strange to me that, you know, the first thing after you set up an account is you ask for that. You know, there's no type of, usually when you sign up for something, you can kind of see who's already signed up for it and whatnot. Or at the least, it's like um, if they only want to give access to podcasts, you know, they could create some type of code or something. Or they know who they've reached out, reach, reach, reach. Grammar's for pussies anyway. They know who they've talked to and who they've offered early um, access to. Because if you, if you weren't offered the early access, how you know about it? And they could have created some type of link or some type of code that a podcaster could put in so they could, you know, enjoy the site without just immediately handing out their RSS feed like that all willy-nilly. Because I guess the point I'm trying to make is if all I can do is go in here and put in my RSS feed, what's really the point of having early access if nobody can listen to my podcast? You see what I'm saying? Through this platform, what what is really the point of me jumping in for the um, early access? I don't know. I don't get it. Y'all tell me what you guys think out there as the audience. Also, over the weekend, the rapper Lil Dog, I'm talking about Lil Dog X, Lil Nas X. I was talking, I, when I say X, when I have X in my mind, I think about the dog. You know <laughs> what these bitches want, bro. <laughs> what these bitches want, bro. That's what I think about when I think about X. But Lil Nas X, the old town road guy, you know, had the song with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Decent song. I like the song. My daughter loves the song. By the way, he came out on the last day of Pride Month to let the world know he was a gay. Shouts out to Lil Nas X, man. Because, and they're like, oh, DeVille, why are you giving him a shout out for the... Relax, I'm going to tell you. Because whether or not you agree with the lifestyle, you have to admit that it takes a whole lot of balls, pause, to come out and admit to the world especially on the stage as big as he's on to admit to, because he's not just admitting to his family or friends. He's not just admitting to, you know, the the guys at, at the gym he hangs with. He's telling the whole world that he's homosexual. Shout out to you, brother, for having that, the testicular fortitude to come out and let the world know, you know. But why does he have to, though, is my second opinion on that. Why does he have to? Why do people who live what we consider alternate lifestyles even have to go through that to come out and let the world know? I mean, because as, as y'all know, y'all have to keep up with the show. I am an advocate of, you know, live your life however you want to you live your life. So I don't get the whole why people feel the pressure or people make it a situation of being under pressure to let people know, hey, this is how I am. Because I don't have to, or I don't, 
run around telling people that I'm heterosexual. Yeah. By the way, I won't let the world know, the podcast the world know, the VODI is a heterosexual. Like, you never hear that. So, I am I just don't get, it's not a diss, I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way, but I just don't get why people feel it's necessary to actually let people know what type of, what their sexual preference is, because at the end of the day, it's nobody's business. It's like if I was a crack dealer, I don't have to come out and tell the world, hey, I sell crack. I mean, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a personal lifestyle. I don't want to say a choice because there are people who that say that they were born that way, and I don't know either way because I'm not. So I can't say how you were or how you weren't born because I'm not an expert on that situation. But either way, it's your own personal business is what I'm trying to say. So why do people feel the need to come out anyway? I don't know. You tell me your thoughts on that. But y'all didn't come here for that. Y'all came here for some discipline, and that's what your boy's going to give you today, man. You got to have a little bit of asshole in you, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a little bit of asshole in you. I was telling my daughter over the weekend that um, about a time that we were in Stevie B's, and I noticed something that she did that I commended her for. Uh, I always get her like 20 bucks worth of tokens when we go to Stevie B's so she can play games. 10 to 20 bucks. So she has a decent amount of tokens to play with. So as she's playing, I noticed one time there were some little kids that was just kind of hanging out in there. They were probably four or five years old or something like that. They are just hanging around looking at stuff and messing with the games, but they didn't have any tokens to play. So she went up to them, and she gave each of them a couple tokens so that they could play some games. They went and they played the games, and then almost immediately they came right back to her as if to say because they couldn't they might have been like four because they couldn't really articulate themselves very well so they came back and was looking at her like you gonna give us some more tokens and my daughter was like nah fam no more tokens and i told her that you know i was proud of her for two reasons during that transaction i was proud of her at first because she took it upon herself without any prompting, without anybody asking her to, to decide that the fact that I have an abundance of something, so I'm going to share it with somebody that doesn't have any. Uh, She wasn't thinking about whether they had coins and had spent them all. She wasn't thinking about, you know, was their parents going to come in there in a few minutes and give them some coins, you know, things that us as an adult, we try to dig into the situation before we decide whether or not we're going to help somebody. We like to dig into the situation and analyze why they're in that situation instead of just taking it upon the kindness of ourselves to just jump in there and help them immediately. She wasn't thinking like that. She saw somebody wanted to play a game, couldn't, and she had an abundance of coins to play games with, so she gave them some, some of her coins. But I commended her, secondly, for being enough of an asshole, <laughs> for having enough self Preservation instincts is what I'm going to call it. To know that, look, I did you a solid. I did you a favor. I helped you out. I gave you some coins. You didn't have any coins. But I'm not going to just continue to give you coins. I'm not going to just continue to add on to what I've already given you. This, this, That's it. We're done. I gave you something. Wrap it up. Move it on. 
you have to be disciplined enough to know when to flick that asshole switch on and when to flick that asshole switch off because there's going to be times where you're going to be in a situation where you have the ability to change somebody's life, even if it's just for a second, even if it's just for a few minutes. We don't know how much her giving those kids those coins meant to them on that particular day. But she did it out of the kindness of her own heart without even any prompting. But she was smart enough to not fall into becoming the bank for the whole um, for the whole Stevie B's and just start handing out coins all willy-nilly and then looking at me expecting for me to refresh her coin purse. Take this information use it however you will, but remember to be the reason somebody's motivated and masturbated today. Either way, you made a difference, my friend. Now get out there and get shit done.